0: Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today's scripture reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 1. In verse 3, it talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, but in, in verse 4 it says, "...to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you." Isn't it wonderful to realize that there's an inheritance for us in heaven? The first inheritance is the fact that we are saved, that we're born again by the blood of Christ. And because of that, we have eternal life. Even today, we have eternal life. We're already living that life. But we're laying up treasure in heaven, and that treasure in heaven will be given to us. We will inherit that when we live throughout eternity. So right now, we have the privilege of serving God each day. And as we serve faithfully, we continue to lay up that treasure and we will have rewards in heaven after we pass into his presence. What a great privilege we have. After all, our salvation is undeserved. God the Son did all the work on the cross. He bore our sins, and because of that, our sins are forgiven. We've been given life, and life more abundantly. We have his righteousness indwelling us, and as we serve him faithfully, he rewards us for that work. What a great privilege. What a great blessing. What a great God we serve.
1: I have good news to bring And that is why I sing All my joys with you I'll share I'm gonna take a trip In that good old gospel ship And go sailing through the air Oh, I'm gonna take a trip In the good old gospel ship I'm going far beyond the sky gonna shout and sing until the heavens ring while I'm bidding this world goodbye If you're ashamed of me you have no cause to be For with Christ I am an heir And if too much fault you find sailing through the air. Oh, I'm going to take a trip in the good old gospel ship. I'm going far beyond the sky. Oh, I'm going to shout and sing until
0: It's a radio edition of Global Time. Today we have in our studio Jim and Sarah Ellsmore, who have been longtime missionaries, and particularly with Global Outreach Mission. Last week we heard about how the Lord brought them to faith and brought them together as a married couple. We want to continue that story today. I'm going to ask Sarah to tell us how, how the Lord led them into full-time mission work.
2: Oh, well, We were involved with a very good Sound Bible Church there in the Washington area. And we had a man come who was the head of Slavic Gospel Association, and he came and presented the ministry of Alaska. Uh, Jim had done a lot of research work and a lot of the mission boards. If you were over 25 to 28, they did not want you to be a missionary. They felt that you were too old. And Peter Danica, when he spoke, said, you know, you could go to the mission field. It didn't make any difference whether you were 28, 30. And Jim, by the time he finished Bible school, was 32 or 33 years old. And so our ears kind of picked up. And then when he closed the service... He said, "Is is there anybody here who would like to give their life to the Lord anywhere in the world?" And I had put my hand up and he had put his hand up, but we had our eyes closed, so we didn't know that till we got home. Just so we felt well. This is an English speaking work and we would not have to learn a language, and so we started praying about going with Slavic Gospel. And I think it was About 11 months, we raised our support. Need told us that we needed to raise, and we were, in 11 months, we were ready to go. But I was expecting our third child. And so when we left for the mission field in August 1968, uh, we had a -a five-and-a-half-year-old little boy, a -a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl, and a fourteen week old baby. And we we went to the village of Chicknick, Alaska. And two weeks after we got there, the water stopped from the mountain stream that it came into the village and you had to carry your water. The only time we said we had running water is when Jim ran to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, Jim, why don't you tell us about the ministry you had there in Alaska?
3: Well, it was uh, cross-cultural, of course. We were working with uh, Aleut folks. If you know anything of the history of Alaska, there was a lot of intermarriage when Alaska was uh, Russian-America, and so a lot of the folks uh, were Russian-Aleut. And then later on, uh, once uh, uh, Alaska became a U.S. possession, uh, of course the fishing industry was very big and God primarily called us to minister in the fishing villages and so uh, it was uh, it was almost humorous uh, sometimes we would see uh, a freckle-faced uh, uh, blonde-haired and he was half allied and uh, of course it was Germans Norwegians and they were all seafaring people because the industry there was fishing and so we began a ministry and we for the first two years we filled in for furloughing missionaries which was indeed a very uh, difficult thing for us to try to really get something going because uh, we weren't really we were just their substitutes but god taught us taught us a lot of lessons about how to live in alaska with uh, hundred plus mile an hour winds, and uh, rolling oil barrels to fill up our oil tank and high tides. Uh, you know, sometimes we prayed the tides back because they were 22 feet, and the water wouldn't come into our kitchen. And so there was a lot of things, an illness, and our, there was no doctors there. There was just a village nurse would be like a village aide. And so uh, through all of the stresses and all of the difficulties, God was so good to us to give us that. Uh, after two years of uh, working as substitute missionaries, I felt the call of God to go to... It was actually like a complex town uh, in Cold Bay, Alaska. And of course, it had been the uh, Fort Glenn during the Second World War. And so it, had been, it was an air, uh, Army Air Corps base. And so they did have all the... Uh, agencies there, the uh, Weather Bureau, the FAA, and of course it was on the edge of a game refuge, so they had field uh, people for um, fishing game and uh, wildlife. Uh, All of the people that served in those particular agencies were there for uh, just so many months, and then they could bid out to go to another place. So it was a very transient area, but I remember stopping there in uh, Cold Bay going and uh, coming back from our field uh, council in Anchorage, and there was a young couple there that I met, and they were bidding out. Uh, They were uh, evangelical Lutheran folks. They loved the Lord, and they had been doing a Sunday school there. And he said, "Uh, now you, you," I, I gave him my testimony, told him where I was and what I was doing. He said, well, would you consider coming over to Cold Bay to take over this work that we started with the Sunday school. And so we prayed about it, and God just seemed to open the door for us. Well, Jim, it's really been exciting to see how the Lord uh, led in Alaska and all the
0: open doors that you had and the great opportunities you had with the local folks. And I'm so thankful for that. We'll continue the story next week. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. This month we're offering The Life of David, which is a tremendous booklet. First of all, it has a timeline of his life. This pamphlet is pretty comprehensive. It's easy to understand and I was really blessed by it and it'll help our spiritual life to see how God worked in a man who was after God's own heart, even though he wasn't a perfect man, but how God used him and even used his kingship as a foreshadow of the Lord Jesus Christ coming later in time as a messiah. And so I encourage you to get a copy of this. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7. Or in the United States, you can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231 and we ask that you continue to pray for this broadcast throughout this next week.
4: Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling Calling for you And for me See on the portals He's waiting and watching Watching for you And for me Come home Come home Jesus is calling, calling. Though we have sinned he has mercy and pardon pardon for you and for me come home come home ye
5: and dying love i'm newborn again been a long time talking about my trials here below free grace free grace free grace sinner free grace free grace i'm newborn again so glad so glad i'm newborn Again. Been long time a talking about my trials here below. I found my Lord has set me free, I'm newborn again. Been long time a talking about my trials here below. Free grace, free grace, free grace, sinner, free grace, free grace, I'm newborn again. So glad, so glad, I'm newborn again. Been long time a talking about my trials here below. Been long time a talking about my trials here below.
0: Today's message is from Dr. Fred Hartman and is a continuation of his Revelation series. Printed copies are available upon request.
6: In our last two studies of Revelation chapter 12, we've looked at the first eleven verses. We learned that the woman who bore the male child was Israel, and the child was the Lord Jesus Christ. The next character to whom we are introduced is Satan. He has done and will continue to do all he can to dispose of both Israel and Christ. We also learned that there was war in heaven, and that great usurper was finally booted out of heaven and cast upon the earth. Heaven is rejoicing to be rid of this wicked one, but he will only pour out his wrath upon this old planet. This will cause all kinds of problems here. We pick up the narrative here now in verses 12 and 13. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. When Satan finally realizes he only has dominion over the earth, he will do everything in his power to cause the plan of God to end, so that he can take over as God himself. He also knows whatever he's going to do must be done very quickly. He knows that God's timetable only gives him three and a half years to accomplish his evil purposes. The very first thing he will try to do is to destroy Israel. Why is this so? He knows that God has made many promises through his covenants with Israel. If he can destroy Israel, God cannot keep those promises. So God would fail, and he could gain the upper hand over him. In actuality, Satan has been going after Israel all along. He has never let up on them. As we look at the world situation today, we can certainly see the preparatory stages for this final onslaught taking place. There's not only anti-Semitism growing in one nation after another, but Jewish people are being hated, ravaged, and killed. Many nations have the desire to destroy the nation of Israel as well as to kill all of the Jews. In my own personal opinion, things are only going to get worse before what John is speaking of in Revelation 12 comes to pass. This will climax in the last half of the tribulation period. However, we must always remember that it is the Lord who is in control of all things. The next thing we should note is that because of the satanic persecution, the Jewish people have to flee into the wilderness. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. That's chapter 12, verse 14. This verse only describes verse 6 in greater detail. There we read, And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand and two hundred and threescore days. Before we take up the interpretation of these verses, we need to look at what Jesus had to say about this in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 to 22. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled." The first thing we need to ask ourselves is to what place will the Jews flee in the wilderness? Where will they go? We know from what Jesus said in Matthew 24 that it would be a difficult journey. He told them to pray. It would not be in the winter when travel could be bad. We know it would be much more difficult if they traveled on the Sabbath day. It would also be a difficult trip for women who were either pregnant or nursing their little ones. We know that they're to flee to a wilderness. We know that God will have prepared this place for them in advance. Some suggest it could very well be Petra, which is a rock city in Jordan that can only be reached through a very narrow gorge. It could also sustain a fairly large number of people. Then we must consider the number of Jewish people who will be involved in this hasty migration. As we look at the nation of Israel today, we see a Jewish population approaching 7 million. We must also note that because of the growing attacks on Jewish people across Europe, many are hastily leaving and going back to their homeland. I heard a recent claim that there was more French being spoken in Tel Aviv than Hebrew. Will all these people be the ones who will flee into the wilderness? Zechariah thirteen eight and 9 gives us a very clear answer to this question. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third part shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say it is my people, and they shall say the Lord is my God. From these verses, we can draw some very interesting conclusions. The first one is that all the citizens of Israel will not flee into the wilderness. It is speaking of a much smaller group, for many will die during the reign of the Antichrist during the tribulation period. Secondly, we must note that there are those who will somehow and sometime during this time period turn to the Lord. God is still a God of grace and mercy. However, there will still be a large group of these Jewish people who will have to flee for their safety. Exactly where these refugees will flee, we're not certain. It says, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place. Could this be anticipating the day when men fly? Or could it be referring to the speed which which these people leave? I'll let you decide on that. But it does promise that God will feed them there for three and a half years. Whatever the size of this group, is that too hard for God? After all, he fed approximately two million people in a wilderness for 40 years. He also provided them with water when they needed it, and even the clothes did not wear out. By the way, you ladies that are listening, can you imagine not having a closet full of clothes and having to wear only a couple of outfits for 40 years? I remember reading about a lot of grumbling on that wilderness journey, but not about problems regarding being fashionable. Also, exactly what they will eat, we are not told but we know it will meet their needs. Satan is still not finished with the Jewish people. He spits out of his mouth waters of flood after the woman of Israel. I am convinced that the water coming as a flood refers to armies that will come against Israel. The reason for saying this is from Isaiah 59, 19, where we read, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. The concept here is a military term. It means that when the enemy comes in, God will cause them to flee. It tells us here that the earth will open up and swallow up the armies that Satan will send against that Jewish remnant. It is not unusual for God to take care of his enemies like this. We vividly remember what happened when the Egyptian army came after the Israelites at the Red Sea at the time of the Exodus. We should also take note of an incident recorded in Numbers 28. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram tried to usurp Moses' God-given authority. God judged them by causing the ground to open up and swallow them. They went into the pit, or Sheol. In the final verse of chapter 12, we find that Satan was absolutely furious with that remnant of Jews, which keep the commandments and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Not only did Satan hate Israel, but he was even far more furious towards Jewish people who had put their faith in the Lord Jesus during the tribulation period. He went to make war with them. This is nothing new, for today even though Satan has yet to be finally cast out of heaven, just think of how Christians are hated by many, are being captured, raped, and even murdered by Muslims just because they name the name of Christ. As we see this, we can only realize the worst is yet to come. Though things look bad for believers in the Lord Jesus at this point in time, this is not the end of the story. For those who know Christ... No matter what any person or group can do to us, we have eternal life and will spend eternity with the Lord. However, just as Satan and all his angels will be cast into the lake of fire, there's a far greater tragedy that will take place. There will be multitudes of people who will wind up there with him to suffer for eternity. My friend, If you fail to come to Christ and receive Him as your Savior, this will be your lot. Being a good person, a church member, or even one who is morally upright will not get you into heaven. There's only one way to be certain of eternal life, and that is by faith in the Savior who died on the cross and paid the penalty for sins that neither you nor I can pay. You must accept Him as your personal Savior, If you've never done that, my prayer is that you will right now. I trust that the Lord blessed you as you
0: listen to God's Word, and I trust that throughout this week you'll be able to apply these biblical truths to your own life. Here at uh, Canada's National Bible Hour, we're really concerned about people growing in their faith, but also those who may not know Jesus personally. And of course, the Gospel was very clear that all of us ascend and come short of the glory of God, which means that God's a holy God, He's a perfect God, He's a pure God, and He can't be in the presence of sin. Of course, we're all sinners. Each day, each one of us commits sin and so that would disqualify us from being in God's presence. But God made a way. He sent the best gift that he had Jesus Christ, the Son, was God, but he became man and lived a sinless life with the purpose of going to the cross. And on the cross, he bore our sins in his own body as he hung on the tree. He took our place. He took the hell that we deserve, the punishment that we deserve for each of our sins he he paid for on that cross. And he died and he rose again on the third day and he's alive today. The Bible says that we, those who receive him become the children of God. The verse that I was saved on was Acts 16:31, which says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. As a young boy of 12, I received Christ as my Savior and became a believer, and God has directed my life from that time forward. And I ask that you would do the same thing. If you would humble yourself, confess your sin, and ask Jesus to come into your life, he will do that, and he'll make you a new creature according to the Word of God. Don't forget to order your copy of The Life of David, you can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231, or you can get past broadcasts or listen to this one again on the web at www.missiongo. M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot org, O-R-G. Pray for us. And if you want a copy of The Life of David, please write and we'll send you a free copy. May the good Lord bless you throughout this week.